Hi, welcome to Matters of the Heart and Soul. I'm your host, Janie Charlotte. Matters of the Heart and Soul is a podcast to raise awareness and awaken humanity to all that is within. We want to be a beacon of light on your life journey. Hi, welcome to Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast. This is Janie Charlo, your host, and I'm co-hosting today with Russell Bruce. Hey, everybody out there. All right. So on today's episode, we are talking with New Cupid, um, also known as Bryson Bernard, the creator of the hit single and line dance, Cupid Shuffle. So welcome to our podcast, Cupid. Thank you all for having me. I truly appreciate it. Um, This is a long time coming, and I know you guys. Uh, you know, you guys have done a lot, a lot of stuff like to help the community. So thank you all for this. Yeah, it has been a long time coming. I feel like we've been playing catch. So <laughs> yeah. glad we finally caught up. Oh, yeah. All right. So um, we're really excited to be chatting with you today. We have a lot of things we want to discuss. But first of all, how are you doing? How are you and your family as regards to COVID-19 and all of that stuff? Um, we're good. Um, you know, uh, my, my grandmother is big on a lot of herbal stuff and a lot of, you know, natural remedies. So we we kind of practice the whole anti-flu thing over the years. That's kind of a thing that we do culturally in our family. So, um, you know, we just attacked it the same way and everybody's fine. Good stuff. Yeah. Do you get flu vaccines? Um, No, um, I don't. I, I haven't had it ever. Um, But wow. I've never had the flu ever either. Um, we, um, we, you know, my mom has this, I mean, my grandmother is big on the Mongli tea uh, regiment, and we've been taking that since we were kids. And, um, you know, that's sort of the flu's never really been an issue in our family. Wow. Good stuff. Those old school remedies definitely work. That's good to know. Yes, sir. So, Cupid, first of all, why the name Cupid or New Cupid? What's the significance behind it? Well, um, I got my name from, um, the for male waiters actually when i first started um touring on the southern soul and blues market um i would sing cupid draw back your bow and i would sing change gonna come by sam cook because i didn't have any songs of my own and the <laughs> the old schoolers would be like that's that little boy that sang cupid so <laughs> it, that was it when i we on the road they like uh cupid you starting the show off you opening up so uh it stuck that's good stuff good stuff so you're in Louisiana, correct? Correct. Yes, sir. All right. And, and just speaking about COVID, let's go back to that for a split second. How, how do you feel about the the impact that COVID had on our community there? Did you act, witness it? Do you know some people contracted the virus? Yeah, man. I had a, a guy, an a old co-worker and friend of mine passed um, from it. And um, he was probably the closest person that I knew with it um you know it i've never seen anything like this before um unfortunately you know like all the rest of the other pandemics in the world man it was kind of just mishandled and i feel like the mishandling of it initially is what kind of made it what it was uh or what it is now but um you know this is my first time ever seeing the whole united states shut down um mm-hmm. definitely something as, as, as an entertainer who performs at different festivals all over the world it it affected me, you know, a lot. But this is definitely a first, my brother. Yeah. 
And, you know, being in Louisiana, it's, it's, it's highly cultured. Um, and so you heard a lot of things just in different articles as far as the eating habits. Do you feel like that had anything to do with the impact of the virus in Louisiana? I mean, I think the biggest impact came from the miseducation of it. Um, you know, I, I know eating and stuff is, is important. And you guys know that I'm big on eating well and eating, right. you know, clean. But we in Louisiana, and um, <laughs> it's easy to tell somebody, "Hey, go, you know, use breadcrumbs instead of a uh, flour for your fried chicken." They gonna, you know, most people look at you crazy. So um, it's it, it it's challenging, man, um, to try to change a culture in a matter of months because of a a disease or so, something like that. But um, I do feel that the pre-existing you know, the pre-existing stuff that, that had people passing, like high blood pressure, diabetes, all those things, you know, made COVID a monster. And um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, you know, but so that's one of the things, you know, like, and I know you're an advocate for that, is we have to practice those eating habits because um, in case something else like this happens, you, you, you don't want to have your immune system able to fight it off. Yeah. Have you had a lot of people come to you just for guidance during this time, just because of your platform? Have you had a lot of people in Louisiana, specifically Lafayette, Southwest Louisiana, um, just kind of come to you for guidance at all during of, of anything during this time? Well, I have. I have. I um, a, a lot of people know for maybe the past eight years, I'm on Facebook preaching about the Mongli tea the Mong Lee tea. And then I noticed that there's a doctor out here that all of a sudden started selling it um, and packaging it up. Um, you know, we've been doing this since I was, I was born. And um, once it started to really hit in Lafayette and people didn't know where to get tested, you know, hydrochloroquine, nobody really understood, you know, the effects of that. They were just looking for something that might help or might prevent. Cause you know, fear is a, a very strong tool. So, so many people were just scared and they're like, well, Cupid, you're not wearing a mask. You you out and about, you know, you 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 strong and, and stuff like that, you know, and I'm like, well, you know, we've been practicing these, you know, these tactics since I was a baby. Um, I got a lot of people to the point where my brother, he owns a restaurant in Karen Crow. He started jarring Mong Lee tea and selling it. Um, okay. what because, is it, um, kind of tea is it again? It's called Mong Lee. Now, the the doctoral way from now that they sell it. <laughs> It's M-A-N-G-L-I-E-R, but, you know, my mama spells it M-O-N-G-L-E-A. And um, it's undefeated. I mean, in my family. Um, and okay. and uh, we've been, we've been you know, pre- preparing our immune systems for this for years. Because, you know, my, my grandma always tell me, you got one body. So you got to make sure that your army's strong. And that's what she always tell us. So, we, you know, we take zinc. We take a lot of vitamin C. Orange juice is mandatory. Um, only AT at least once a week is mandatory and we've been practicing that for years so I got a lot of inquiries once you know that information got out and um, you know um, I was more than happy to share it that's good stuff is your brother selling it out of his restaurant in Karen Crow like yes yes he was um he was selling it by the jars um you know during the COVID like it wasn't anything that we were selling but it just yeah turned into that (laughs) well when we saw the doctor selling it for six for thirty dollars a pack we were like wait a minute man hold on like right. you yeah. know something something going on here man and you know initially there were people thought like oh y'all crazy y'all crazy but 
you know, God, God don't make no diseases without a cure. Like God, I mean, you know, to think that our God is that incompetent to where he's going to allow something that can't be cured to be created by some, an inferior man. It's kind of disrespectful to the higher power. So we always try to look forward, look, look for like, you know, there's always nature has everything. Nature has everything. And you just got to be knowledgeable and you have to ask and, 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 and pry and try to find the information. <clears throat> so um, my brother was selling it, but he was only selling it to pay for the jars, to be honest. Got you it. Know, okay. um, so, yeah, you know, he has but it over there. No, for people to know that that are in Louisiana and, um, you know, they there's there's a place that you can find what you need. Well, the crazy part about it is the branch. You every, every time you get on I-10, you pass up. I mean, thousands and thousands of acres of it. I mean, it's it's literally growing in the forest. Like, it's literally in the grass. You just got to know what you're looking for. Like, there's an abundance of it so high. Like, it's, mm. it's crazy. But, you know, that's that old school, you know? That old, yep. school, that old school country folk stuff. Yeah, exactly. Good stuff, man. That is good. So, Cupid, with that said, you had several top Billboard hits prior to 2010 what have you been doing musically since then well um i just partnered up with a a company called music access out of dallas texas and what we're what i'm now doing is i have the ability to do online releases for other artists and sign other artists so um i've been writing like crazy i'm talking about country music pop southern soul blues rap um, literally, I mean, I got at least about 117 songs that I'm just looking at on this computer screen. Um, and what we're doing is we just, we're helping artists get hits. You know, um, a lot of times artists don't have the resources, nor do they know the direction of how to create a hit record. So, you know, and for myself, I write a lot of R&B blues songs, but my moniker is more dance stuff. So all of the R&B and blues stuff, I get to artists who need it or looking for hit records. So what genre of music would you consider your music? Oh, man, that's a good question. Multi-genre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's my gift and my curse, man, because, you know, um, it just depends on where you are. Like, um, if you're in Atlanta, you probably know mm. me as the line dance guy. But if you know me, you're in Texas for some odd reason, I'm the Zydeco dude. And then if you're in <laughs> Mississippi, I'm the blues dude. And, um, you know, if you're in you know um portland oregon i'm the cupid shuffle guy so um the crazy part about my career is man i I started off singing blues and southern soul and before that i was doing hip-hop so um when cupid shuffle came out it touched the country it touched the pop it touched the r&b it touched the hood it touched the old folks it touched the young folks so for a second single i'm like so what do i drive next because you know i mean i everybody's a fan yeah, How? Cupid Shuffle was really, I mean, it. Um, that's what we were discussing. We were just saying right. how it has brought people of all ages and races and ethnicities all across the world together. Um, yeah. I think I've seen one of your videos where they were doing it in Japan. Yeah. And um, that I feel like we're not, we're missing that in music yeah. to humanity together. <laughs> so that's, it's timeless. That is a timeless, it just feel like it's it so timeless. timeless. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bless. It's a blessing, man. And and I and, and to be honest, you know, when I make my music now, it's like I stop trying to figure out like what genre it is. It's like I'm just like, look, I'm gonna make this song, 
whoever likes it, likes it, whatever category is put in, is put in. Because, you know, I watch a lot of artists, man, really, really stroke themselves to literally death, man, because they try to recreate the wheel. And sometimes mm-hmm. you just kind of just got to just let it flow and, and not try to duplicate lightning, you know? And um, that's how I, where I am now. I just make stuff and people like mm-hmm. it, you know, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. A lot of times you listen to different artists, they have that, that one hit that pop and, you know, they said they didn't know when they first made it, if that was going to be the one on the album that was going to pop, but it did. Right. Yeah. So when you first made Cupid Shuffle, did you know it was going to have that wide of an impact? Heck no. (laughs) (laughs) No, man, because, you know, Again, man, I was singing Southern Soul and Blues, man. I'm a singer. I'm out there wailing. And mm-hmm. I, I I told my buddy one day, I was like, man, I want to make a line dance song, whatever. And I was DJing <laughs> at this club called The Brass Room here in Lafayette. So, mm-hmm. you know, I took it. I, I made it on a Thursday, took it to the club, and I showed, like, a few people. And then later that night when the club was packed, I was like, yo, I got a new line dance. And I played and I jumped on the floor and did it. And the rest is history. And I, yeah. and, I and I asked... Like, I was asking my buddy, I was like, man, I'm over here writing songs about love and latitude and longitude and and, and just all kind of big words and, and trying to, <laughs> and y'all want to the right, to the left? And, you know, the, the simplest thing I'm thinking of, man, that's, the, that's what y'all want. So, um, you know, one thing I will say, man, God don't make no mistakes, though. And he know, like, when I prayed for my record deal, I had to, a, a specific prayer and the way my life and my career has been has been di- directly, directly what I asked for. So um, to watch it manifest, man, is you know made a belief. My, my my belief in God is so high because I I realized that you know what was for you is for you, and and, and that's a, that's a testament to that. Another another sad. question: What kind of love did you get abroad, and what country would you say is that one country that? you didn't expect for your song to grow legs and you could go there today and, and people know your name. Japan, um, Okinawa, Japan, Tokyo, um, the Middle East, man. I've been to Bahrain, man, in Abu Dhabi. And, you know, when I go out there, you know, it's different because they don't have this array of music to listen to. So when an artist is coming down, they know your whole album. And you get up there and they singing sing the song with T-Pain, sing the song. With... <laughs> and I'm like, what? Y'all want to, like, I don't even sing that at home. Like, so, um, you know, man, um, the craziest part about the Cuban Shuffle again, y'all, is it, it crossed language barriers. So it's like the golden ticket. Like, I can be in any country in the world and start singing it and everybody's going to look up. So yep. it's just a testament to just, you know, to what's for you is for you and the power of music. Like, it can, it can, um, you know, it can transcend language barriers. It yeah, it, it's a great unit. It's it's a universal language. Yeah, it's, it's it's the language of the soul. Yeah. Cupid, um, what musicians inspired you while growing up? Um, the very the the very first CD um cassette tape, old school. <laughs> very first cassette <laughs> tape I ever had was "Remember Me" by Brian McKnight, and um, uh, that was like the first like. Like time I used to try to copy singing like Brian McKnight and stuff like that. So that was like my first dose of like of music as far as uh paying attention to artistry. But then you know Frankie Beverly and Maze. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a big Outkast fan. 
Um, because I like the fact that outcasts just don't care. They just make what they want. I, I, I like that a lot. Um, mm -hmm. um, like I say, Frankie Beverly and Maze, because of like their longevity and their timelessness, if that's a word, um, to how they just make music that'll just never go away. Um, those are like my two biggest influences in music. Um, what would you say is the biggest message you like to convey in your, in your music? Um, good feeling, good times. Um, you know, when you hear New Cupid or yeah, that, it's like, uh-oh, what what's the dance? What we got? <laughs> Put my purse down. Let's go. Um, I just want to be the guy that brings that happy feelings to, uh, to, to the industry and that, that mm -hmm. good positive vibe. That's good stuff. Um, so I understand that you you did face your own health challenges. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, um, in 2017, of course, you, I was had a lot going on, man, in my personal life. You know, trying to, you know, be a great artist and be a, um, you know, a, a husband and a, and a and a and a good dad at the same time and be home. It's hard, right? Yeah. Oh, look. I mean, hey, look. I it's keep, hard. I keep it real. You know, I pride myself on having one son, um, being in this, somebody who I was married to, you know, cause cats, you know, in my yeah. business, you know, <laughs> they, they be having a few, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, at that, that time, true. just trying to balance it out, man, I, my, my body got imbalanced, you know, I was, you know, my leisure and my rest and my responsibility were all clashing and, um, I got a stroke, I caught a stroke, um, and, um, it was the scariest moment of my life. Um, in the midst of all of what I was going through. And, um, you know, I had to deal with that, man. Lost my speech, lost, you know, feeling in my left side and, um, you know, had to having to rehab and remembering the day after I caught my stroke, I couldn't sing. And I was <laughs> like scared beyond my, you know, my wildest imagination because that's how I make my money. And um, I that, that really opened my eyes to the health part of my life. Mm-hmm. And, and were you just, was it just highly stressful? Like you said, just balancing, uh, being an artist, a father, a husband, um, was it just all stress related or were there some underlying health issues at that time that you've already been working on? Obesity. I mean, I was 260 pounds, like, and nobody told me no better because I was just on the road eating. And then when you start stressing, you start binge eating, you don't have time to really allocate to really training and, and appreciating your body and your workouts so i was 260 and um you know that's unhealthy for my for my height and i had never been that that big before plus the stress like you know the one thing i tell people is you cannot stress over stuff you can't change that's like true. i don't care you can sit up here and get as mad as you want to if you can't change it you just gonna be mad so you know um i was i was you know, I was stressing big time. And I remember I was on the phone with a friend of mine and I, I was explaining the same story. I was explaining to every other person that asked me how everything was going. And I was in the room cooking and my son was sitting on the couch and, um, man, I, I, I felt it. I felt it coming on and I started just like, my, my vision started getting like, you know, more dim and dim. And then I, boom, I fall on the floor. My son, he was six. Okay. And I was like, uh, I remember telling him, get my phone, but he just kept saying, huh? Huh? What? What? Because, of course, you know, I, I couldn't, my, my speech was gone. So I'm, I, 
I roll over and I grab my phone and I text my buddy and I was like, stroke, help. And uh, he lived a couple of blocks away. So he jumped in the truck and came and my little boy opened the door and I was on the ground, you know, and the ambulance ended up coming and um, got me and that was an eye opener, especially with my sons, you know, just me and my kids just in the room. Wow. You know, that, that, that was like, I can't. This not how this not how this this story been the end, you know. So right. uh, so yeah, it was definitely a life changing experience. Wow, that's serious. So if your buddy did not receive your text and arrive when he arrived, do you think the outcome would have been totally different, or you know, it may have, man. You know, I I'm not familiar, you know, with how strokes work, you know, and I. At the time, I didn't know the severity of what was going on. You know, um, I was panicking. I know, and I remember, just I just kept saying, "No, God, no, God, no, God, no, God, no, 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 not today. This not the day." And you know, just looking at my son going through a divorce, and me stressing because, you know, there was a possibility that you know the other person was, you know, there was other intentions going on with with that and stuff. And it was just the details of it, man. I can't leave my kid out here, so. I was fighting, man. I, I really, I, I'll say no because I wasn't finna let that take me, man. I, I, you know, you know, my son is like the most important thing on on this earth, man, to me. So there was no, I, you know, in my mind, I believe that I would have just, I would have got through it and, um, you know, lived on to make sure that I, I raised that little dude the right way. Yeah. So what was the recovery process like, and what is your target weight, and where are you at? today because i think a lot of men really need to hear this story yeah man oh dude oh man i got to it after that man it was no no brainer i i did everything from boxing the crossfit to i mean you name it man but um you know i'm down to 214 pounds now man and um you know i feel i feel awesome you know and um it, it you got to take care of yourself like you know and you know when you get older man you know, you want to barbecue with the homies and go drink beer and stuff like that. And everybody kind of has that stage. But, you know, I always recall what my grandma said. She said, you got to make sure your army is ready. And with your temple, you know, carrying 260 pounds on stage, eating wrong, you know, you start realizing the effects of sugar and how it's addictive and how sodas are terrible and all of these things like that. You start to realize, man, like, I'm not trying to get, you know, you know, this food ain't that good. I, I, I'm i trying to live. So, yeah. you know, when all of that hit, it really opened my eyes to taking care of myself. So I went from 260 to 214 and um, just on a, you know, wasn't going to the to the gym, lifting 400 pounds to show how strong I could bench and, you know, not working out my legs, not chicken legs and stuff like that. You know, it's like <laughs> I'm out here, you know, stretching and plyometrics and things just to be active, you know, so that way I can literally bend down and pick up a box without like, oh, God, Jesus, you know, um, mm-hmm. f- functionality and stuff like that. That's very important. So, you know, I look at like my ancestors, you know, how you had guys out in the fields and you had guys out, you know, you know, even in the, in the, in the Egyptian times, you know, these warriors and, and, and so on and so forth. These guys wasn't out there, you know, doing four sets of 10 on bench. They would, like, figure it out how to hunt and climb and be and just be strong. So you want to make sure your body is at its peak performance, if possible. Um, and I was given an opportunity to restructure that and recalibrate my whole lifestyle to where I could, you know, be mobile enough to, to, 
to, to you know, be able to fight off any situation, whether it's getting chased by a dog or, or COVID-19, you know what I'm saying? I'm prepared for it all. Cupid, how are you balancing like everything, your physical, your mental, your spiritual and being an artist? Um, what are some of the practices that you've put in place since 2017? Well, um, I'll simply say this. Um, your day is broken into 24 hours. Eight should be for work. Eight should be for rest and eight should be for leisure. Any, anything, that, anything that tips that balance over, you, you, anything that tips those numbers over is going to create an imbalance. You ever notice how when people overwork, how either they're, they're, they, they don't have enough leisure time to train and work out or their, fa- or yeah. their family lags. Yeah, you know people who don't get enough sleep. So I just figured out that like nothing's more important than my self care. So if I gotta rest for eight hours, whether that's sleeping six and resting two, I'm gonna do that because everything else can wait. You know, and I, and COVID nineteen, I'm gonna tell y'all, it's a lot of people think you know. I know it was bad at it, to all the people who lost someone, but COVID nineteen really put into perspective how unimportant a lot of the things that we chase are. Um. You know, oh, and um, you know, we oh, I gotta go to work. I can't miss this meeting. I gotta do this. I gotta get this paper. And I gotta do this. Oh, I can wait because if the country shut down, don't none of that matter. You know, and um, so that the balance comes from you have to be able to allocate your time. The most valuable thing on this whole planet. I don't care what you say, what nobody say. The most valuable thing on this planet, y'all, is time. Absolutely. And we can't get it back. You can't get it back. So you got to use it as effectively as possible. You know, I know, you know, Steve Harvey, he was wrong. And I told him that when I saw him, if you, if you, um, you know, if you sleep, then you ain't grinding. That's okay. I, I think that's that. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, sir. Mr. I million. Like the, the winners are not sleeping. Like, yeah. I think he said something like, yeah, In- I do recall it's, that. It's incorrect because um, you're going to be sleeping the grave. <laughs> if you don't take care of yourself and then you're going to be losing, you know? So, um, no, like you got to be able to balance that and you got to realize that it's important to take family time out. It's important to take workout time out. It's important to rest. It's important to go shoot basketball, like do something and just take your mind off of that stuff. Everything is going to come. Balance is key. Balance is key. Everything, yeah. everything in life, your father, son, Holy Spirit, you know, you, you, you know, past, present, future, all them things right there is in threes. You gotta rest because the earth was specifically yeah. put in here in a 24 hour increment for um for eight hour eight eight hour times. Yeah, that's great advice. I like the eight 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 thing. I'm all about balance, so but I do like separating that if because some people need hours, right? You need eight hours, or they need somebody to tell them, Well, do this for so many times, so many hours. But that's a great um Great perspective. Yeah, yeah, it's important. It's a, it's important. You can't tip the scale because, you know, it's kind of like karma. You 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 think you can beat the, you can beat the system, but you can't. You can't. Cupid, as a black man living in America in this climate, you know, we just witnessed Samad Arbery, his murder, and most recently George Floyd. How are you taking that as a black man and as a father? You know, man, I was t- talking with my buddy this morning when we were working out. And uh, I mean, you know, I my vision, my view on this is a tad bit radical. I don't always share my view because it's not always politically correct. So 
you know, I'm not sure of the way I feel about this. Um, is you know, I I I don't want to come on y'all show and sound like that guy, but I I feel no, it's your speak the truth. Yeah, yeah it's your view. But I don't. I I feel like man, you know, um, we didn't sung enough songs and made enough posters, and we didn't we we've done everything that we possibly could do. Um, I mean, we've been singing since the '60s. You know, I was doing my Ancestry.com um, thing recently, and I was looking at the origin of my family. I got all the way down to, like, four great-grandfathers. Like, and looking at, mm. you know, him being born in England and sold and, like, like, all of that stuff. You know, right? So we in 2020, and I got friends of mine that are Caucasian who, you know, I could post Kaepernick and, and dude next to each other. And the lack of remorse for looking at a dead body on the ground by their explanation and their rebuttal to me. Like, yeah, mm. but but maybe he had a reason for that. Like, mm. I'm the type of person where, you know, as you, as you as you heard, my son is everything to me. You know, it couldn't have been me. That's all I can say. Because mm. something was, it was going to be a different outcome simply because, like I said, you know, Pass Me Not On Gentle Savior, one of my favorite songs, Amazing Grace, um, you know, all of that. Them, them songs is great, but ain't nothing changed. And, yeah. and it took for Martin to die to get a little bit. But, you know, man, I, I just feel like, you know, in this day and age, you got to protect yourself. You're having a son. I talk to him all the time about that. Be wise. Um, mm-hmm. but I also tell my son, if you believe in something with all your heart and you know, you're doing the right thing that, you know, whether here or in heaven, you're going to be rewarded. That's all I can say on that. Because, you know, you can't think, I mean, I've been in situations where I got stopped by the police. Um, I got a 2020 Carvette and I can't tell y'all how many times I get stopped for nothing. Mm-hmm. The minute, the minute they looking at. They see a baseball cap in the silhouette of my tent. I'm getting stopped. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've got stopped for rolling stops and I've got stopped for having a fly car. You know what I mean? And wow. the reaction of the yeah. police is based on, you know, how, you know, just how they feeling that day. So you got to do your best to, uh, quote unquote, um, abide by the law and, 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 and do what they say. But sometimes you can't. And sometimes they just want to be that guy. So you got to just stand up for your rights and just pray and, and do the best you can. But I feel like, you know, we had Malcolm and we had Martin. And I, and yeah. I love both of them. But I, I'm, you, 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 my family, man, um, you know, if you, I feel like I, I told my buddy this morning, I said, if you want equality, then let's start doing things equal. Think about it for a Thanks. second. If you going if, 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 yeah. if if it's equal, that means I can do the same things you do to me. That's to me if it's gonna be equal. So I live by equal standards at this point. You kill my cat, I kill your dog and your cat. I mean, man, I you know we get changed that way. You know, and, and it sounds bad, but like it's just kind of like, you know, man, I think we as people, we've done everything, man. We've marched. It's to the point where, you know, you got white people that's out there saying you can't kneel before a football game because we don't like it. Like, like, and it's anti. Yeah, like, like protest. But here's the only ways you can protest. 
you you know, and, and when it gets to that point where we have a right to protest, but we have now with you have a right to protest how we like. Do you see any resolution in your lifetime? No. Nah. And I know that's a heavy question, nah, but nah, I, I don't see resolution because one, just the whole entire country was built on them same standards. Like, I mean, like, we can't we can't sit here and try to hide it. Like, like you know, right. I mean, the reality is, you know, it was built on blood and, and sweat and and and, and a mm-hmm. lot. So, I what I do see though, what I do see is with social media and the ability to be able to like broadcast these wrongdoings. I do see the fear reversing and i and mm-hmm. i can tell by the way you know other races respond to gatherings of us and you know having a, a at one point having a black president and just seeing that you know we we have power as well um Nisi nash has a funny thing on um on instagram about you know a number to call for all white people who who get scared they call it uh like one like eight four four black fear or something like that, and you know it's just like you know can't cut your grass, you know can't walk your dog, you know you're scared because you see a black person call this, you know, like and it's funny, but it's you I don't know if y'all can, I'm, I'm sure y'all can tell this as well, man, you know, they 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 nervous. Yeah. Yeah, and and yeah. I and I think for once we as a people instead of us always kill carrying the burden of guilt and shame for what has happened and what continues to happen, you know, I think it's it's time for other people to to carry that cross as yeah. well. Not at that point we'll uh we'll get justice. You know, and there's also the big fear not only nationally but internationally that, you know, with the population exploding and over ninety percent of it being people of mm-hmm. color, there's even fear that the power, the culture, the music, the religions, everything in America as well as Europe is starting to change. And it's something that's going to have to be reckoned with. Oh, yes. You know, yeah, I, agreed. I, agreed. You know, I've read some books years back, like Pat Buchanan wrote a book and pretty much all out said, that, you know, in a code that they should go to war with people of color to keep it from happening. But, you know, it's something that's natural. You know, I think until, you know, everybody, especially white folks, not going to let y'all off the hook, really need to come to grips that there's only one race here. It's a human race. It originated in Africa. Y'all ain't nothing but our light-skinned brothers and sisters. Correct, correct. All back into the melting pot. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's this fear that genetically they're going to be annihilated, and they may deny it, but at the end of the day, that's what the fear is. It is, it is, so, it is, man. And and the funniest part about that whole thing is, you know, if 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 we well, we are the majority. I I don't think that you would ever see in 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 history. I mean, even if we go a thousand years from now, where the roles will be reversed. I think we have enough compassion as far as, you know, African-Americans, mixed races and so on and so forth. So what we could live in harmony once, mm-hmm. once that majority, what used to be a majority is kind of like the minority. I think that the new generation of people mixed in all different types of, you know, races, they're going to live in harmony. 
because there's so many mixed, you know, vibes and so many different stories. I think that we could all live in harmony. So maybe not in my lifetime, but I hope, you know, at some point, you know, our, our young black kids don't have to keep walking around, you know, tiptoeing around. When they see a cop, your heart start beating. Yeah, because at the end of the day, we just want to make sure everybody eating good and partying and dancing. To yes, sir. <laughs> Exactly. Um, Cupid, as I know, you just explained, you know, just being a black man, being stopped by the cops, you know, specifically because of your car. What about as a black artist? Um, what type, what kind of experiences have you had in that particular industry? Have you had some equality trying to move up in the ranks? And, you know, because we hear the stories, um, you know, a lot of people having to sell their souls to sell a song. So, you know, just authentically speaking, have you had any issues? What have you experienced? Well, you know, the music industry is is it's like selling candy, you know. They everybody has candy, but it's who has the best packaging. So if, you know, they they feel that, you know, having a bunch of guns and having, you know, this look or whatever sells, then that's what it's about. For them. For them, mm. for the people without without the talent but with the resources. What I am finding, though, I mean, social media, I didn't used to like it at first. You know, I was like, oh, this is, people want to know too much of your business. But it allows the great artists to have a a shot, have a chance, Mm -hmm. like a PJ Martin. Like, you know, they they don't get PJ no time or no kind of play unless it's on heart and soul. But I'm really here to tell you that that's one of the dopest artists that I've ever, out now. And and so many great mm-hmm. artists who have a platform now because of social media. Um, back in the record di- business days, you did what they say or else, you know? And that's why you saw a lot of artists get blackballed, like T-Pain, like uh, Lauren Hill. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you, you saw it. But now, I'm sorry, Because, because they have their own thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They yeah. didn't to the Absolutely, arm. 100%, yes. Yeah. Because again, the record companies don't care about your message. They could care less. Like I can make a song called A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? And it could be the most, nah, no words, just terrible. But if I got the look and it's viral on social media, they want it and they're going to package it up. Mm-hmm. You know, if you ever notice, they'll grab the most hot rapper ever that's on the cuffs of getting killed for whatever reason, blow them up, put them in jail, and then collect all their royalties and, and make them bond out against their royalties and eat forever. So, yeah, it's, wow. it's, it's for them, it's selling a product, and for a lot of art, artists, it's the substance. So that's where your clash is. And, you know, people use the term selling your soul as in recording something you may not like. No. That you know, not all the time is that bad because sometimes you might find a diamond in the rough, you know. Um, you know, I've seen a bunch of artists when I was at Atlantic, um, they would send all of the artists the same beats and they would say, write and submit, and then if we, you know, we, we, whoever writes the best thing, we may put that record out in. I mean, I've heard songs on the radio four or five years later. I'm like, man, I had that beat in my computer, you know. Um, so wow. It's about money and numbers for them, and it's for authenticity and longevity for the artist. So that's where the clash is. 
And um, so I've seen it. You know, I I told them I wanted to do R&B and blues. And they was like, we want to make you a pop artist. It's like, I don't want to do no pop, man. It's crazy. You know, that's not what I do. And if I go home being a pop artist, they're going to be like, man, we ain't trying to hit that. <laughs> so, you know, that was my clash. I, I went the direction that I went. And, um, you know, I'm not upset about my decision at all because, you know, I'm it's 12 years later and I'm still, you know, kicking up dust. But, um, yeah, it's a challenge. It's a challenge for artists. And, you know, I say this. But most of all, you, you stay true to yourself, to what you felt in your heart you wanted yeah, to Yeah, but that's about. hard, my sister. And I'm going to tell you why. When I got signed, I was broke. Broke as a joke. Mm-hmm. So if they pull, if they get you to New York, when they sit you in the front row of a Knicks game and give you twenty thousand dollars spending cash and ask you for a million dollars, um, what's true to your heart ain't <laughs> what's true to your heart get pushed to the back burner real quick, real quick. And mm-hmm. I hear I hear artists, I hear a lot of artists say, "Man, I wouldn't do." Yes, you would if they get you there. Nine times out of ten, you will because a lot of these guys ain't never seen no. cash, million dollars, $2 million. So, yeah, it's cool to be, you know, I just want to make songs about flowers and the world and love and peace. But you ain't, but you can't pay Mm -hmm. your light bill and your water bill off them songs. And then that record company comes and is like, hey, we want you to make a song, but we want you to turn, instead of talking about that, we want you to talk about how you take your flowers and all your stuff and you cook it in the crack. <laughs> and you like, wait, and we'll give you $2 million and um, have you on TV and get your mama a house and a car. Yeah. <sighs> you know, and that's what happens. I get it. I get it. Cupid, yesterday I was listening to a video of Marcel Wiley, ex-NFL football player, and he made a comment that one-third of pro athletes live check to check. And he talked about how, you know, once he played his last college football game and he was expected to be, you know, a first-round draft choice, his agent, you know, asked him how much he needed, you know, for an advance because he knew he had guaranteed money coming. And he was just saying how – so new, like he said, yeah. he was broke, right? And uh, and he didn't know how much to ask for, so he only asked for ten thousand dollars, thinking it would carry him. And he didn't even have a banking account. He said he took his ten thousand dollar check to the liquor store to cash a- at at seventeen percent. And then out of nowhere, you know, he was trying to take care of his mom, of and course, his siblings, of course. But then all of the uh, unknown cousins. So how does stardom and coming into money? How does that change the people around you? Because from what it sounds like, and he even reiterated that he didn't change. It was everybody around him. That's a fact. I mean, you know, you got to, I'm the first like R&B guy out of Lafayette to get a record deal. So when it happened, it was a big celebration. And, you know, even my crew, like they was like, yo, man, like, what's up? We about to be out of here, man. It's on. And I'm like, yo, you the background people. Like, y'all not finna be on cribs off, of, you know, because of me. And, um, you know, I had a very good lawyer who helped me not get messed over. Um, I, I took a lot less mm. initially than most people. And on the back end, it, it allowed me to, you know, to be in the position I am now. But everybody changes around you. Everybody. And also, you kind of change because 
you don't want you you got a record deal. You want BET. You would like him. He's in the NFL. You can't be walking around not looking like you in the NFL. You know, and that's that that's like the goal. Like you 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 want to be able to buy these things. So you kind of do it with the expectation that more is going to come in. Um, naturally, moms and pops, of course. You know, that's the that's the thing. You gotta take care of them. Then you got you know your homies, and then you got. You know, man, I just need a. It go from I need ten dollars to hey, man, I just need a stack. That's all, just a stack. And then you mm-hmm. know it starts adding up, and um, you can you can't live in the hood no more because the you might have somebody try to rob you. So now you got to move on up the up to mm-hmm. another place, and you can't be driving no ten year old vehicle because you you won't be T. So you know you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And then so yes, it it, it does. Um, it changes everybody around you, brother. Everyone, even the DJs that play your music, got to be having a handout. Like I help you get this record deal. I play Cupid Shuffle twenty times. What's up? So you get it, bro. You get it. It it it, it happens, and it's a struggle to fight through that, man. And I mm-hmm. I know I struggled with that big time the first couple of years of me signing to the point where when you know when I ended up leaving Atlantic. And coming home, nobody wanted to deal with me because they thought I was acting funny because I had to move to L.A. and I wasn't chunking out money to everybody. So it's it's challenging, man. It is challenging. Good stuff. So what advice would you have for a young aspiring artist that's trying to break into the industry, like to help them avoid the pitfalls and things to look for in that contract? Because I hear those contracts can be very tricky. The first thing I'll say is if you don't, if you're not passionately in love with music, then I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I mean, there's leisure artists who do it, you know, when they get off of work and play at a bar here and there. And then there's the ones who 24-7, they love, they eat, eat, breathe, and, you know, sleep. That's music stuff. Um, you have to love it because the best part about the music business is not the goal. Is the journey, you know, my, my, yes. my favorite time yeah. just traveling with my yeah. homeboys and the stories that we have and, and all of that stuff, you know, um, I've sold 4 million records. And when I got my first plaque, I, I looked at it and I was like, okay, what's next? You know, like what's next? Like, am I done? No, we just continue the journey and, and that people lose sight on that. Like, you know, it's the journey. Whether you're an artist playing at every local festival in your state and people love you and they come see you, you got 2,000 core fans. You made it. You're doing it. Whether it's 2,000 or 2 million people, you're doing it. You're doing music and you're for, for you know, for, for the masses. And that's what matters. So my advice mm-hmm. to anybody is set your goals high, but appreciate the journey more. Um you know, you might not get that multi-million dollar deal, but that don't mean that you can't have the same stories I have or the same success. It's just based on, you know, your level of success. But I love performing so much, y'all, to where before I got my record deal, I, I had a talk with God. And I said, God, I just want to be able to do music for the rest of my life. That was my prayer before I got mm-hmm. my record that miraculously, boom, I got a phone call like like 11 days later. But um, I just wanted to do music for the rest of my life because I didn't, I didn't see my side. I had like, I have 21 jobs before I got my record deal. Like I, I, I was just getting fired, hired and fired. So I knew that wasn't my, you know, my calling, but the mm-hmm. music, you know, 
So you appreciate that journey. You fall in love with the journey. And it's, it's just a, you know, and I, and I tell all musicians that, you know, they, I want a record deal, but are you loving chasing the deal? You know, and they like, oh man, it's hard. Like, well, you, you, it's not for you. It's not for you. It should never be hard. You should just be doing it because you love it. That's great insight. Good I think stuff. life is about the journey, you know, because that's so where we, we get everything Correct. in the journey. Because, you know, like I said, once you hit, um, you know, those top sales, you did it. But you were like, on to the next because it's, it's about the journey. I can't stop here. You, that already manifested. It's time to Correct. move on to the next thing. So that, that's great insight. Um, what book would you recommend? Soul Lessons and Soul Purpose by Sonia Chaket. I, I done sent that book to so many of my friends. As Christmas gifts are, when I see them on yep. Facebook ranting, I'm like, look, I'm about to send you something. What's your address? Okay, tell us why. Because it why allowed, that book? That, that book is one of the most powerful books. Shout out to my boy, Chad Trahan, for putting me on that book. Um, I mean, it, 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 it makes you realize that there's no mistakes in life. It's just the way you perceive it, you know? Um, it's the way you perceive mm -hmm. it. I mean, you know, I know people, they driving down the road and they catch a flat tire. They're like, beep, 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 blank, blank, this word, that word. But then, like, stand outside your car and look at it. And look at the fact that, one, you got enough money to fix this thing. And two, you got a car. Then look off in the distance and I want you to find the first person that you see walking. And realize where you are in life. Mm -hmm. Like, don't ever disrespect your blessings. Don't ever do that. And that, that book gives you so many situations and scenarios where we as humans naturally naturally look at things in that negative connotation and it allows you to look at it from a different perspective and when you start realizing that when that record company told you no it was probably because probably because they were about to give you a messed up record deal rather than they just said no because you just not good you know or you know, you go on date this girl and you like her, you like her. She just so pretty and you want her, but she just won't talk to you. It's probably because if she do talk to you, you're probably finna be in a situation you don't want to be in and vice versa with, with the guy for the ladies. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it, it's a way to just view things mm -hmm. in a different connotation. And that book, y'all, I'm telling y'all, like, I, I, at least 14, 15 of my friends, I... I just send it to him like, yo, get this. You know, I'm not giving you the audio book. You're going to read, read this book. Okay. I haven't heard that one, but I'm soul lessons that one out. soul yeah. lessons and soul purpose. The author is Sonya Chakit. Please go get that. I, I I recommend that to anybody who's a big thinker. If you're a big thinker and you know you believe in the universe and you believe in karma and you believe in so many other things and you understand the power of the chakras and you understand the power of just positive energy, that book will just hit you like, wait, yeah. like I'm not even tripping. I'm not going to trip no more. Like I got one life. I'm not fitting to waste all of it on fussing about stuff that I can't control. And every single moment that I get, I'm going to hug it. Exactly. That's good stuff, man. And um, with you just saying that, as far as just the universe and the chakras and all that, uh, while you were talking about, you know, you saying you had to get a car, then you had to move from one neighborhood to the next. It's all about vibration. Like you were no longer 
in the vibration of scarcity. You were now in the vibration of abundance. And so the people around you still asking for, you know, $20 or $100, it's a vibration of scarcity. But you were no longer there. So you were kind of transitioning to that different vibration. Oh, does. does that Absolutely. make sense to you? Absolutely. You know. Yeah. And we have to become that. Like you said, I had to dress a certain way. Then I had to drive a car because you become Correct. that vibration. And a lot of people, um, if they don't become it, they lose it or they can't All handle facts. it. You know? Right, right. So it's a lot of people want the things that you have, but they don't want to do the things that you no, do. No, 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 man. Let me tell man, you'd be surprised at how many people be like, hey, I'm going to make a song called the, the Johnny Shuffle, you know? And I'm going to blow up. And I'm like, you know, it took me 10 years to get a record deal. Like, y'all, they don't understand. And um, they don't want to do that work, man. Because 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 for them, yeah. it's work. For me, it's just what I love. It, yeah. It's the journey exactly. for you. And you just love yep. music and creating. Yeah. And that's something that occurs along the way. So, Cupid, at this time, um, at the moment of this podcast, what would you say is the greatest matter of your heart today, right now, this moment? Um, just appreciating life. Um, just appreciating life because with COVID, I've never spent this much time with my, with my, with my, you know, my family and, and, and with, my, you know, my friends. Um, I never missed, you know, just hanging out with my friends, shooting pool in the backyard, things like that. Like right now, I, I have such a different appreciation for life. Like I've always cherished time, but now, you know, the appreciation of life, like my heart is just, just, just I just want to just tell everybody how I feel about them and how much I love them and, you know, and just spread that kind of energy because it, it just goes to show them in the blink of an eye, like things can change so drastically. So, you know, one of my, that's the thing is just love, 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 love. What is your family, your friends? whatever the things you do to, you know just love it's just love because uh, it's, it's you know it's crazy it's crazy out here how two seconds boom one day i'm at mardi gras at zulu with my nice little tuxedo on and one the next day boom i can't go outside <laughs> like how crazy is that that is crazy <laughs> that is crazy. yeah and positive energy is, is attracting it's magnifying so it's the law of attraction you know you attract more of that yes, to you indeed. when you put that out so is there anything else you want our listeners to know about cupid about bryson bernard anything you want the world to know about you as a person well I, i'm just the average guy that sings for a living I don't look at myself as bigger than anybody. I'm, I'm hustling and grinding like everybody else. Um, I have a, a cologne line uh, and perfume line called Bells and Bowls. Um, that's uh, you know from Louisiana, and I also have a fitness uh, program called Q Aerobics, where we do line dance aerobics just to keep people moving. So um, I'm just trying to help my community out. I love Louisiana, and um, I'm gonna keep on doing this music till I can't no more. That's good stuff. How can we get your fragrances? It's um it's www.bellsandbowls.com. That's B E L L E S and bowls spelled the Louisiana way. B E A U X S.com. So um it's bellsandbowls.com. Um I got a bunch of my friends on it. 
Miss Juicy from Little Women of Atlanta, Denise Boutte, Vanessa Simmons. I, I ship stuff out to them on the normal. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm just doing my thing and just spreading love, positive vibes and smells, you know, to everybody across the country. Yeah, we appreciate you, Cupid, um, especially for just sharing your journey and your authenticity about about your journey. Uh, Russell, was there anything else you wanted to add? No, great conversation, my brother. Um, you know, I just wanted just to reiterate one of the points that you touched on. It, it just reminded me of a Miles Monroe lecture where he talked about time. And he was stating that both the beggar and the billionaire both get the same 24 hours in a day and that a person's success or lack thereof is all predicated on what they do with that 24 hours. So that was great touching on that point, my brother. And we definitely, we appreciate you, man. We wish you much success and looking forward to all your future projects and your entrepreneurial efforts. We yeah. appreciate it, man. And I appreciate the podcast and, and the love and, you know, come back on the show later on once everything's opened up. And, yeah, man, absolutely. Ready, anytime, anytime. Oh, uh, this has been another episode of Matters of the Heart. And so podcast, this podcast is inspired by love, God, relationships, spirituality, justice, culture, family, children, finances, freedom, personal growth energy and vibrations, universal principles, health, education, masculine and feminine energy, music, and all things of the heart and soul. This mission of the podcast is to connect our hearts and our minds. So we just finished speaking with Cupid. We appreciate you so much, Cupid. Thank you so much. Much love to y'all. All right. Take care. Peace.